Guys, how's it going? I am flying solo tonight. My partner in crime is not yet home from school for the day. So I am going ahead and banging out this podcast on behalf of the both of us. Hope you guys are doing well. I hope your game week 10 went well. I think it was a very mixed bag from what I can tell on the good old social media. Um, and I think the, the biggest deciding factor, and that's been a relatively recent theme lately, is captain selection. You know, a lot of people had their hopes pinned on Jamie Vardy, and um, looked like he was going to completely blank in that match, but uh, luckily for those that captained him or those that owned him, he was able to eke out a uh, an assist. So something is better than nothing for sure. And certainly as a non-Vardy owner, I was pretty happy about that. I was almost certain that as soon as that first Leicester City goal was scored late in the game, that um, there would be another one soon behind it and that Vardy would be on the end of that one. So I started to cringe a little bit those last few minutes, and thankfully that didn't happen. But um, when you look at someone like a Vardy and his effective ownership is close to, I think it was maybe 90% effective ownership against us this past weekend, um, you start to hide behind the sofa a little bit. So um, it's a game where you can't own everyone. I don't think you would want to own everyone, quite honestly. I think about that sometimes, and... Uh, people talk about essential players and must-have players and things like that, but it makes the game boring if everybody has the same team. Um, it's nice to have a team that's at least a little bit different than the majority of the teams out there. Otherwise, um, like I said, it becomes boring, and also you don't really see the results for your team that you'd like even if your team does well if everyone has basically the same players as you do uh, and you you get a good score and maybe even a green arrow it's usually a small one right because the majority of everyone else is moving along with you so it's really how you move against um, the masses that matters most and the only way to do that is with a team that's set up differently or at least moderately different than most of the other teams out there. So um, hopefully going into game week 11, I, I think we've done that. And certainly you can own players that have high ownerships and it might just be the combination of those players that's different than most other teams. And that can help you too. So it doesn't mean that you have to have nine differential players out on the pitch, it may mean, like we do, that maybe we don't own Vardy, um, who's fairly well-owned, but that we may own other players that have uh, a little bit more of a, a, a medium sort of ownership. So um, something to think about. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in the excitement over the players that are doing well, a Yota, for example, Bruno De Bruyne um, did well and could have done probably even better than he did um, against Burnley. But um, sometimes it's good too to shut that noise out and just think about 
what's going to get you excited the most? This is a game. It should be fun. Yes, we're all chasing uh, those green arrows and chasing for the best rank at the end of the season as we can possibly get. Maybe not all of us. Most of us are. Um, but um, it, it, it needs to not cross a line. This is my opinion, of course, but it needs to not cross the line where it becomes work uh, and becomes uh, lab laborious and tiresome and, and, and a little bit dreadful. Those, that, that turns it into more of a, um, of a, of a project or work than it does as it should be is, is a game and fun and a little bit of a release and an escape and all those things. So, uh, I'm excited about my game week 11 team, whether it does well or not, I, I certainly won't be happy if it doesn't do well, but I expect that it will. And I'll certainly have a lot of fun following along in the anticipation of doing well. Uh, the FPL gods have sort of been mixed on, uh, on our team this season, but uh, we have seen green arrows recently, which is nice. So um, anyway, a little bit of a uh, little bit of some introspective thinking aloud out there. So thanks for uh, bearing with me on that. So what I'll do, why don't we do this? We'll revisit game week 10 quickly, uh, tell you about our team, and then uh, we will get into game week 11 because there's some, some stuff afoot as far as that goes. All right, so let's look at game week 10 here. So we ended with 70 points. We made one transfer. Uh, and that was, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, to uh, drop Ziyech and bring in Yota, which worked quite well. Um, so let's see here. Okay, so 70 points. Uh, Martinez in goal with one. That was that hurt, uh, especially since the, the the hopes of a clean sheet for Villa were dashed away in the first minute and 50 seconds. So that was um, a bit of a bummer, as they say. Uh, we had three in the back. We had Chilwell with eight points. Kansa uh, actually came off of our bench. Uh, we hadn't originally started him, but we did start Cancelo, who, as we all know, didn't play at all in game week 10. So uh, Kansa came on for one whole point. Had a couple opportunities to score, which would have been fantastic, but alas, he didn't. Uh, Masuaku, with one point, came off at halftime, so some poor choices defensively for us recently, and I think we've remedied those going into game week 11, so we'll talk about those in a second. Uh, five midfielders for us, Sala with six, Bruno with 10, De Bruyne with 10, he was our captain, so he gave us 20, Grealish with 10. And then Yota with nine. So uh, the the midfield in our team really picking up the the vast majority of um, the green arrow that we earned this week. And then Bamford and Calvert Lewin both up top and both with two points. So uh, could have, I think could have been much better, but still good. We did see. A nice hearty green arrow of I think about nine hundred thousand spots to the better. So let's see. We began game week ten with um, two million four hundred ninety-five thousand eight hundred ninety-fifth 
place, and we ended at 1,631,889. So yeah, about, uh, what I say, about a 900,000 spot jump to the better. So um, we'll take that. Um, definitely we'll take that. All right, so why don't we do this? We're going to get our Game Week 11 team listed, get it out of the way, and then let's talk about Game Week 11 because uh, we got a couple of big big stories there. So <clears throat> right now, how we line up is this. We've got Martinez in goal. I know Villa doesn't play. The, the Villa-Newcastle fixture got postponed, but uh, we like Martinez as a goalkeeper. It's one game. Well, you know what? Let's talk about this in a minute. I want to be able to spend some time talking about the strategies as far as Villa and Newcastle players go. Uh, Martinez and goal. So we know already we're going we're gonna to take a loss there, or at least no gain, uh, because that will, barring any last-minute rescheduling of that fixture, we are very unlikely to see points from him. So there's zero points there. In the back, and I mentioned we hopefully remedied our um, our issues defensively. We've had Chilwell for a while. We replaced Walker, or sorry, we replaced uh, Cancelo with Walker. Walker was rested for the Champions League game. And remember, we don't subscribe to the whole... Well, he played in Champions League. That means he's definitely not going to play in, over the weekend. Or he didn't play in Champions League. He's definitely going to start over the weekend. That is not a proven thing. That is a, uh, a, a myth that's been created uh, by many an FPL manager on social media. And it's kind of like lots of other FPL-related uh, myths or assumptions go. Uh, this thing has taken on a life of its own. I, I don't know that there's any real proof to any of that, but um, we certainly like Walker's chances, and he's played well, and Pep has come out recently and said uh, for the players that are playing well, they're going to see more time in our Premier League games, so um, no reason to think that Walker won't start. So, Walker and Frankensalo, and then um, we... Got rid of Masuaku as well, so we're going to take a four-point hit. Um, but over the the long term, probably the medium, probably even the short term, this will almost undoubtedly pay off for us. And we brought in Reese James um, at just what is he five point one million or something, which is just ridiculous for the number of points that he's generating. So our back three again: Chilwell, Walker, and James. Uh, I definitely want to keep an eye on uh, Ricardo Pereira. He actually started for Leicester City in their Europa League game tonight, uh, as did Soyuncu, and Ndidi is back too. So you got to figure that Leicester City defense just improved greatly based on that, although, unfortunately, I think it was after 16 minutes, uh, Soyuncu came off with an injury. I don't know the extent of it. I didn't see it. I just saw it on social media. So hopefully everything's okay for him, um, but but uh, more to come on that. I know that uh, Rodgers will have uh, a press conference post um, Europa League match tonight. I don't know if he'll have a Premier League one tomorrow, which is Friday. I would assume he would for that as well. I think that's sort of a, a prerequisite to do that. So we should know more on Soyuncu 
uh, before the weekend for sure. But all that to say, I want to keep an eye on Pereira because um, he's a beast. He's 5.9 million, so he's cheaper than he was at the start of the season. And um, if for whatever reason uh, Walker starts to get rotated or uh, something along those lines, Pereira is definitely on my short list of players to get. We actually posted on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page um, a screenshot of Leicester City's upcoming fixtures, and they look pretty nice. So um, while Vardy is kind of the, the focal point of that team, Pereira or even Soyuncu, if he's healthy, maybe uh, maybe good gets. Speaking of Soyuncu, we saw this happen with Antonio too over the weekend. I feel like players are being rushed back to health, even though maybe they're not fully fit yet. You watch Antonio play; he was also like Masuaku, taken off at the half. I think that given the fixture congestion, given um, these international breaks and the injuries that have come along with those and the, the COVID positive tests and all those things, I feel like teams are, are pressured to get players back into their lineups uh, faster than they probably have in the past and, and certainly faster than... Um, than what's needed. And this is just my observation. I could be way off, but um, just judging off of these most two recent accounts with Antonio and now Soyuncu, kind of feel like that's a little bit of a thing. So um, first and foremost, the player's health needs to to be the, the primary concern. So um, hopefully this was just a minor setback for Soyuncu, but... Um, that's when, uh, as an FPL manager, I will probably wait a game, at least one full match, before I brought in someone like a Pereira, just to make sure that, that they really are ready to be back uh, playing 90 or close to 90 minutes week in and week out. But um, a long way of saying he's on, Pereira's on my short list. All right, so we got three at the back. We got five midfielders. Um, well... We have five, but only four will play. So we've got Salah. Uh, we've got Grealish, who just in case, just like Martinez, just in case the fixture is rescheduled for uh, midweek and 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 uh, continues to be a, um, a game week 11 fixture, uh, we want to keep Grealish in just in case. So he's there, but we know uh, chances are slim. We've got Yota. Bruno, and De Bruyne. And then up top, just like our Game Week 10 team, Bamford and Calvert-Lewin. We've got uh, De Bruyne as our captain and Salah as our vice, although maybe we'll move the vice over to Bruno, just given the form he's in, but I think either one is a great option. And then on the bench, we have Lamptey, Kansa, and Brewster in that order, Almost certainly, we will see uh, Lamptey make an appearance, and Lamptey's home to Southampton. So of our our bench players, it seems like he's got the best chance at uh, some sort of a re return, uh, whether it's clean sheet or attacking of some sort. So uh, we'll be just fine with, with Lamptey coming in. Excited that he's back. 
he's a hell of a player. Um, and certainly as an FPL asset, given how inexpensive he is and how much that guy likes to get uh, up and into uh, the opponent's penalty area. Um, what else? So another player that we're keeping our eye on is Ings. Each night, it looks like his price is finally going to drop. And we need it to drop because we have, let's see, we have uh, 0.6 million pounds remaining in the bank for us. If we can get Ing's price down to 8.2 million, it's at 8.3 right now. If we can get that down then we'll be able to afford Calvert-Lewin to Ings in uh, another game week or so, depending on when Ings returns. So that's the plan. If not, we'll be 0.1 short, and that would be extremely frustrating. I don't know if Ings' price isn't changing because uh, there's uh, sort of a hold on his price, given that he's been injured. I don't know for certain if injured players' prices uh, are frozen or not. I, I can't remember. I I, I don't know. Uh, but that's my theory right now on that. But hopefully his price will drop because that is a move that I think I'd like to to make, especially given the fact that um, that Everton's fixtures change. For the worse, in game week 12, they're home to Chelsea and then away to Leicester City. So it <clears throat> might be a great opportunity to jump on Ings early when his ownership is still fairly low. So, you know, part of this game, of course, is uh, knowing when to get off of certain players and get on to other ones. And hopefully uh, we'll have a little bit of good foresight into that if we end up making that move. If not, uh, certainly not the end of the world with Calvert-Lewin in there. He's been doing quite well for us and any of his other owners. And I feel like he's probably due for an attacking return here sometime soon. And I feel the same for Bamford, um, although I wouldn't necessarily love him to score against Chelsea this weekend, considering we'll have <clears throat> two Chelsea defenders playing. But anyway, that's our team for game week 11. Yes, we uh, made two transfers, so we took a four-point hit. But like I said... This is something that is uh, hopefully a, a long-term strategy. So uh, I've been super impressed with um, the way those two Chelsea uh, fullbacks have played um, both on the left and on the right there. They're, they're both equally dangerous, and it's about time that we've gotten James into our side because I've cringed watching him play because he's always extremely close to um, producing something, an assist or a goal or something along those lines, certainly clean sheets with Chelsea recently. So um, I'm glad he's on our team now. Okay, so let's transition into talking about some of the themes of Game Week 11. The, the first, and I've mentioned it a couple of times now, is, um, is the Villa-Newcastle fixture. So uh, Newcastle's training facility was closed down because of uh, maybe mass um, positive COVID tests, and so it needs a good deep cleaning, and they don't want to return until they have enough players that uh, warrant um, some proper training sessions there. So uh, the Premier League 
postponed the fixture, which is actually kind of interesting uh, because originally I believe that um, the, the criteria is that as long as the team can field uh, or a, a team can field a minimum of 14 players going as deep down into, I believe it's their under 21 squad, um, that the, the fixture would continue as planned. That's not the case. So we'll see what happens. But there is certainly a theory out there that maybe this fixture is only rescheduled to midweek of next week, which would then keep within game week 11 uh, or match week 11. And then from an FPL perspective, it becomes game week 11. Um, but the, the closer we get to the match week 11 kickoff, the less likely it looks that that we'll have an announcement of a midweek fixture. Um, so I wouldn't plan on it, but we're leaving the Villa players in our lineups. Uh, one is we don't really have a, a backup plan for goalkeeper. Uh, we have Forster as our as our bench goalkeeper, and uh, probably not likely for him to play either. Um, but certainly from a, a Grealish perspective, if for some strange reason they do reschedule and play midweek, then he's not on our bench. We recommend, or at least suggest, <clears throat> that all managers do that just in case. There's no harm in that, right? As long as you sort out your bench properly, meaning that you uh, prioritize the, the players in each of your three bench positions there, then you have nothing to lose because worst case scenario is uh, they get auto-subbed on to fill in for any of the Villa or Newcastle players you may have put in your starting 11. So absolutely no harm in that. But this, uh, or I should say and, this latest postponement, um, we've had injuries, we've had uh, people self-isolating, things like that, and now we've got a, a, a full game that's postponed, it really, really highlights the fact that a playing bench is critical or essential, to use an FPL word. You want to talk about what's essential? Um, what's essential is having a reliable bench because two points is better than none and maybe even more than two points. There are a lot of inexpensive yet very viable player options this season, probably more than I can remember in recent seasons where it doesn't cost a lot to to have a good playing bench. It's There's nothing but upside on that. Uh, as long as your budget is used wisely, then um, we, we really recommend getting that bench in order. Use the free transfers to get the bench sorted out. It's not the most glamorous thing, but right now it could be saving some of you. It's going to help us out a good deal. Uh, it will prevent us from having to use any sort of chip or do mass transfers just to offset the loss of a couple of Villa or Newcastle players uh, for one week only. So, uh, one option of how to best move forward with this whole fixture postponement is do nothing. If you've got a bench that's decent, or maybe you have a free transfer or two that you want to make and, and go forward with our suggestion of getting 
uh, your bench in better shape, then you should be fine. Um, even if it means maybe only fielding 10 players that are going to play like we're going to do. Um, it's okay. A lot of other managers are going to be in the same spot. A lot of managers will take a hit. So even though you may only have 10 play and they have 11 play, there are already four points in the hole. And so things are not nearly as dire as they may seem as long as you have some usable players from your bench. So again, one option is to do absolutely nothing. Uh, second option, of course, is to transfer one or maybe a couple of those Villa or Newcastle players out. But A, then you're using your free transfer, maybe even taking a hit. B, if you want those players back in your squad uh, for game week 12, then you've already predetermined what your free transfers will be used for moving forward, which means that if you want to transfer out maybe a player that gets injured, test positive, uh, you want to upgrade to a different player, you're all of a sudden in a position where you either have to choose which transfer to make, or if you want to make all the transfers, then you've got to take a hit to do that. So um, this is really one of those instances where uh, are you playing more for the short term, meaning for the one game week, or more for the long term that, uh, yes, Grealish isn't playing in game week 11, but this is a guy that I think is a, a season-long keeper and is someone that I want on my team, uh, you know, barring any injuries, uh, all the way through game week 38. If that's the case, then maybe it's worth just sitting on Grealish for one inactive game knowing that he's back in game week 12. And don't forget, too, that Villa did not have a fixture in, in match week one, which means that they have two double game weeks coming, neither of which has been announced yet. But it, it really all washes out in the end. So you're not going to get Grealish points in week 11, but you're going to get potentially double Grealish points in week, and I'll just make it up, in week 19. So it all it all evens out at the end, while you may struggle a little bit uh, with 10 or maybe 9 uh, players active in game week 10. In game week 19, you may have 13 or 14 players, or the equivalent of 13 or 14 players playing, or I guess it would have to be... Uh, it would have to be uh, even numbers, right? So, um, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so think about it that way, too. It, it's, it's all going to wash out at the end. It really is. So maybe there's no reason to make any transfers and certainly no reasons to take a hit at all. Option number three, then, is, and especially if you own... Let's say you've tripled up on Villa players, and let's say maybe you own Wilson too. So let's say you've got four, maybe five players from those two teams. Free hit is an option. Personally, uh, and this is each manager has his or her own opinion on this, I think it's a little bit, again, short-sighted and unnecessary um, because it's only two teams that are affected. So I would prefer to go in with nine players in week 
11, maybe even 8. Um, knowing that I'm saving my free hit for uh, a double game week or maybe a game week when multiple teams, uh, several teams, are either playing or not playing. Um, so either I have uh, in a blank game week uh, where there are several teams not playing, <clears throat> I am down to four or five or six players in my squad that'll be active and I truly need a free hit chip to be able to assemble a team of uh, playing players or uh, maybe there's a double game week <clears throat> that I want to load up on uh, Man City and Liverpool and United players or whatever it is, Leicester City players <clears throat> and so on. So uh, we only get one of those free hit chips. So is this really the best week to use it? I don't think it is. But again, I'm just presenting different options, playing a little uh, bit of devil's advocate on some of these just to hopefully give a little context and maybe a little bit more <clears throat> to think about here. Another option then is wild card. If you haven't used your wild card yet, I don't know that this fixture postponement should be uh, the thing that sparks activating a wild card. But if you were already planning on using it, maybe it's a week earlier than you planned or whatever. I, I certainly don't see any uh, reason not to. But if you're going to want someone like a Grealish or Martinez or Kanza or Wilson in that wild card team, then maybe it's not the right time to use it. So uh, certainly something to, to think about there. But you've got options, as you always do. You've got options ranging from uh, doing absolutely nothing to, um, to, to using your chips and then everything else in between. But um, like we say with anything else related to FPL and some decision-making, just take it all into account. Try to consider all the different angles of this, the pros, the cons, uh, the the implications, The uh, try to <clears throat> predict some of the unexpected um, consequences uh, that, that may come as a result of making those moves before you actually <clears throat> do them. But um, whatever it is, at least if you do that, you can rest very assured and very easy that, um, that you've done your due diligence and you're making the best decision for your team. And of course, we, we always wish you nothing but the best of luck as far as that stuff goes. All right, let's talk about captain options for game week 11. And like previous weeks, and I've already brought this up, um, I don't think there's one clear-cut option. I think De Bruyne is probably the most popular. Now, given his ownership, he may not be the most chosen captain, um, but I think of those that own him, he'll have the highest uh, concentration of armbands than any other player. Um, but certainly a well-rested De Bruyne, who did not play midweek in Champions League match, um, is at home to Fulham. And like we said, he's he's on pretty good form here. So, uh, he'll be our captain in game week 11, barring any you know, last-minute changes for some unknown reason. Um, but I think he's a strong one. I think an inform Mares is another great option. And I do think that even though he hasn't played a lot recently, I think that Sterling is going to play and could be a great differential option. Same with Jesus. Um, he'll almost certainly play, and I think he's primed 
for uh, to do a little bit of damage too. So um, I think Man City present a lot of good options there. <clears throat> um, while Calvert Lewin has been a little bit less than than productive recently, they're away to Burnley, and Burnley can can be um, hot or cold. So if they're cold, uh, then DCL could have himself quite a day. Um, so I wouldn't put it past him, uh, at least for consideration of the captaincy. <clears throat> for those that own Man United players, Bruno is far and away, um, at least on paper, the best captaincy choice from that team. I think he's a very legitimate captaincy choice. He is the engine of that team. The only thing I'm disappointed in is that he played all 90-plus minutes uh, midweek this week in Champions League against PSG. And I know that was an important game for United, but man, this guy, none of these players are machines. They need to rest at some point. The more they get broken down, the higher propensity they have for injury, which could be long-term injury or nagging injuries, which then turns into long-term injuries, uh, illness, uh, more susceptible to um, contracting COVID and testing positive there. So it's it was a little disappointing to see him play that much um, in that game. So hopefully he's well-rested and can reward his owners and those that captained him this weekend. But I, it does concern me a little bit that he played so much and um, he's just played a lot recently in general. <clears throat> uh, Chelsea are home to Leeds, and while Leeds uh, certainly have an impressive attack sometimes, or or many times, uh, they do leave themselves exposed at the back. So this could be a big game for Chelsea. It's just a matter of who and how Lampard sets the team up. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Giroud gets some significant minutes. He scored four goals for Chelsea in their Champions League match the other night, um, which is nice to see. He's a very underrated player, and um, and it was nice. Uh, it's nice to see a player um, have a night like that. So certainly in form, as in form as anyone, it seems. So I think he's a very sneaky differential option. I think Abraham is another one. It seems like Lampard has been pretty keen on starting Tammy recently um, in their Premier League games. Werner, of course, is an option. And then you could take a gamble on a player like Pulisic, too, um, who's recently back. I think he played um, some minutes. Seems like he's fit. I do know that Lampard will want to manage and monitor his minutes some so just be careful he may not be a, a 90 minute player yet but I think Chelsea presents all kinds of captaincy options most of which maybe aside from Werner will all be good differential options so um, I wouldn't look past Chelsea especially if you're looking for um, for a good differential caption option or even uh, for a transfer acquisition I think any of the players that we named are good there too, and uh, your your differential doesn't also have to be captain. You can just have him in your squad. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, Jamie Vardy, I think, again, will be the most captained player in uh, in the game week. <clears throat> they are away to Shelfield United. Um, Fulham certainly surprised them this past weekend. <clears throat> Can Sheffield United do something similar? I don't know. Um, I think, I would hope that uh, Leicester City come out and respond in a big way with uh, Ndidi back, as we mentioned, and with Pereira back. <clears throat> that provides options um, both defensively and on the counterattack. So uh, I would expect Vardy, who is relatively anonymous in the Fulham match, I would expect him uh, to make himself a lot more known in that game. So <clears throat> clearly a great captaincy option there. Um, the North London Derby, I think this could be a high-scoring affair. We certainly know that between Sun and Kane, Sun did play in Spurs' Europa League match tonight. I'm recording this on, on Thursday um, the 3rd. And he played, he had a goal, um, was taken off before the end of 90, so getting a little bit of a rest there. Kane wasn't in the team sheet at all, so fully rested. So there's your two Spurs options, uh, both from an ownership and a captaincy standpoint. We know Arsenal have not been on their game at all really recently, so uh, I think it's worth holding on to both of those players, especially in a derby. Um, we would expect to see some goals, and if they're going to come, those two are almost certainly involved from a Spurs standpoint. And then for anyone that may still own a Bombing um maybe he finally finds his form. And again, like I said, in a derby, things just kind of kind of notch up a little bit more even than in a, a, a non-derby match. So maybe uh, we see a Bombing come back to life a little bit. <clears throat> Liverpool and Spurs, Salah. Popular option. Uh, as a Yota owner, I'm a little bit uh, wary of the fact that maybe he gets benched or comes off the bench in this game, or maybe uh, you know the 60, 70 minute mark to give him a little bit of rest. He's played a lot of minutes recently. I didn't watch Spurs or sorry Liverpool's Champions League game, but it. Doesn't sound like they they looked all that great, uh, especially Salamane in Yota. So maybe someone gets a rest this weekend, whether it's uh, from coming off the bench or coming out early. But um, something to think about there. So and if Ings does come back this weekend, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. Um, I don't know that I would throw the captaincy on him. I, I don't even know that we'll know until um, the the lineups themselves come out. But hopefully Hassan Hoodle gives uh, enough of an update in his press conference on Friday to give an indication if, uh, if Danny is back or not. Um, certainly, like I said, from our standpoint, Interested in bringing him into the team uh, to replace Calvert-Lewin when Everton's fixtures change. But um, I think I'd hold off on maybe throwing the captaincy on him just to see how, how he plays 
uh, coming back from, I believe it was a knee injury. Just want to make sure everything's in good working order, that he doesn't overdo it and re-injure something like presumably Soyuncu did tonight. So um, <clears throat> certainly not a good a good situation for the player. Um, we'd also, of course, like to say that uh, for the the clash of heads that happened between Davi Luiz and Jimenez, just absolutely horrible. Uh, we wish both players a very speedy recovery. It was... A gruesome clash of heads. Jimenez seemingly coming out on the worst side of it. Fractured skull. Had to have an operation. Um, I'm sure it was uh, extremely critical. It sounds like he was operated on that night at the hospital. So um, sounded pretty urgent from that standpoint. But good to hear that that he's recovering. He's got his family around him. So um, I, I've seen different tweets and, and comments on social media that it could be a career ender. I certainly hope it isn't. Uh, it's a shame to see a player go out and have to be forced to retire due to injury. You always want it to be on on the, the player's decision um, to, to do that and have control over his or her fate when it comes to something like this. But um, certainly in our thoughts and prayers... Uh, the both of them, and especially Jimenez, as far as the severity of his injury goes. Uh, let's see, what else? I think that's probably going to do it. We post a lot of content on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page, so please, if you haven't, go check us out there. If you like it, give us a follow, um, just like we would suggest with any other accounts in the FPL community. There's lots and lots of good ones. So uh, hopefully you're out there spreading the love and, and giving everyone um, that's working so hard a follow because they definitely deserve it. But I think that's going to do it. DM us if you have any questions or need any uh, thoughts on anything. Um, we'll, we're always happy to give our opinions and our thoughts on, on things. I think by no, now you know that we're not, we're not shy to do that, so we certainly will. Uh, and if we don't interact with you before the Game Week 11 deadline, we wish you, of course, uh, the best of luck, not only to your FPL team, but to the club you support. And uh, show us those green arrows at the end of the weekend. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.